Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode number 339 of Sci-Fi Watcher. Glad you could join me tonight. Another, another lovely Tuesday night here on the show as I talk about the 2006 film The Host. As you can tell, I am Corey Charette, and there is no Brian Lee right now because he is busy doing other things, but I promised to do a show, and I picked the movie Brian had mentioned and figured, hey, I'll do this one so he doesn't miss out on anything, and I still get to talk to you guys. How's everyone doing out there tonight in this beautiful internet of ours? I'm doing pretty good. It's, it's day. Summer is kind of not here yet. It's a little warm, but not too warm, but you know what? You don't want to hear me talk, right? All right, let's just get into some news first. Let's talk about Paul Rudd. Well, this is probably the biggest story of the week. Rumors are Paul Rudd is in final negotiations to be in the new Ghostbusters film. Uh, we don't know what's going on. There's no details, but Super Rumor Patrol says that he might be in it. And honestly, would be awesome. <clears throat> I don't know what they're going to do. I'm thinking, I keep saying next generation. Maybe he'll be the next generation of Ghostbusters. Um I have no clue, but I am excited to see what this is. We'll never know. Um, so far, it's been said about it. Just rumors. Of course, the film comes out in 2020, but we'll have to wait until we get more details, and it would be great to see him on screen. Maybe be a son of one of the original Ghostbusters. Kind of could work. He's not that old. I mean, it's kind of a push a little bit, but I'm interested in seeing that, so let's keep our eyes out for that. Let's talk about the Sci-Fi Channel a little bit, too. <laughs> well, you guys remember when we did Sharknado, and I don't think we're going to do this one, but I am excited to announce this just because Sci-Fi Channel has announced an upcoming movie called Zombie Tidal Wave. Yes, that's right. The wonderful world of weird titled films back on Sci-Fi Channel. This one, of course, is going to star Ian Zaring, who, of course, was in the original Sharknado saga. And he is teaming up again with Anthony C. Ferrante, who directed all six of those films. Seems like we're going to get another Sharknado-style, over-the-top, hokiness type of movie. So this one's going to center around him, his character played uh, named Hunter Shaw, as he contends with an ocean-born outbreak that threatens to his otherwise peaceful seaside island community. This rogue veteran sailor must lead a disparate group of locals in order to uncover the origins of the undead pandemic. While simultaneously fighting a horde of infected before it can reach mainland. <clears throat> so it sounds like Sharknado, except with zombies. <clears throat> um, don't know when this is coming out, but uh, definitely can keep my eye out for it. And um, I'm going to watch it with as much fun as I watch the Sharknado films. Other news. This isn't official, but this is... Closest to official as you can get right now. Danny John Jules, of course, if you know who he is, he played the cat in Red Dwarf. He said in an interview with The Sun Online that the original cast is getting back together to do a series 13 of the show. Nothing's been officially released by Dave TV or the BBC who originally aired the show, but rumors are they're getting back together. This is one of those shows that I've been in love with since it came out back in 1988. Can you believe that show's 31 years old now? And uh, they're great friends. And this is one of the shows I'm like, never thought was in jeopardy. It's just like, we'll get a new series when the time is right, when they have a chance to do it. And uh, Danny John Jules also just left his uh, show. He was on for six seasons at Tropical Caribbean Show. I can't think of the name of it. And uh, maybe this is one of the reasons why he did. So 
it will be nice to see them again. And of course, if we do see them again, I will be talking about it on the show. So expect to hear more of me babbling by myself. Now, Brian's not here this week. I'm going to do a little more Doctor Who news. Uh, there was an interview in Doctor Who magazine number 540 with Sean Pertwee, of course, the son of the third Doctor, John Pertwee. If you know Sean Pertwee, probably most famously known for playing um, in Gotham, the Batman show. You see him, you know who he is. Uh, he, uh, he was asked if he would like to appear in Doctor Who, and he responded with, I have to. He breaks off in this conversation. He said, I should be careful what I say, but there were noises made about me being involved in some capacity. I'd very much like to do that as an ode to my father. I was lucky enough to be asked. People will focus on it because of my relationship with Doctor Who family, so it would have to be something a little more interesting. An evil son or something weird. You figure it out. I don't know what I like to do, but something is no to my father. Uh, of course, uh, if you remember back in Halloween 2014, he took a picture of himself dressed as the third Doctor. Darn it, he looks a lot like his freaking father that way. Uh, would love to see him do some Doctor Who. I don't... I mean, even in the audio format, if there was something there. I mean, it's not It's not like out of the realm of possibility. I mean, we've already had... Uh, uh, the two Pertwee sons appear on Doctor Who throughout the years. Patrick Troughton, uh, Pertwee, Troughton's sons, Patrick Troughton, the second Doctor's sons have appeared on the show. So it's not like, wow, this is something mind blowing. But I think you should not obviously do anything third Doctor esque. I don't know. Um, I think you should leave the third Doctor off the screen in some capacity. You know, these actors have passed away. I don't think we should try to recreate them anymore. Unless you're using original footage, kind of like they've done in the in the reboot, without going overboard. But I would like to see him work on the show in some capacity. He's a well-known actor and name recognition. And come on, welcome to the family. Speaking of John Pertwee, BBC Radio Four Extra is doing a centenary celebration for him. They're going to have a documentary with un uncovered previously unbroadcast recordings of John Pertwee. Program is going to be presented by his son, of course, Sean Pertwee, who we just talked about. And it's going to mark the 100-year birth of his father, John Devin Roland Pertwee, born on July 7th, 1919. The program is going to have Sean trace his family's career in broadcasting, which started as being expelled from several schools and then being asked to leave RADA. In rediscovered interviews, we hear about his father reminiscing about the time he worked at the circus ride in the Wall of Death with a pet lion before eventually securing his first contract with the BBC at the age of 18. This sounds like it's going to be very fun. I'm going to try to catch this some way, shape, or form if it shows up online somewhere or if I can actually listen to it. Um, there was a thing. There was a few years ago I heard a John Pertwee thing. I don't know if it was one of those um, this is your life type of stories, but it, it was like a half hour of him, and I was just sucked into it. The whole little bit of Doctor Who, a little bit of Warzel, a little bit of everything. His, his time in the Navy. If this is as a grander scale of that, this is just going to be phenomenal. John Pertwee's life is amazing. He's got two books on it. Definitely check those out. And if you are over in the UK, check it this out when it comes out next this month, actually. <laughs> One last story for Doctor Who. Can you believe, for you Doctor Who fans, Big Finish has been around for 20 years, 1999. I can't believe it myself. I remember listening to them back in 01 when I found out that Doctor Who returned quote unquote albeit in audio format with the original actors which was freaking awesome well big finish is going to celebrate their 20 years of audio dramas with a 20-hour youtube marathon that's right 
20 hours. So broadcasting from July 20th to 21st, the stream is going to feature full cast audio stories, of course, if you know that, from the Doctor Who line of Big Finish material, covering, of course, the classic Doctors 4, 5, 6, 7, and yes, 8's in there too. Um, I don't know exactly what stories are going to be in there, but the stream will culminate with a special broadcast of the first episode of Doctor Who, The Legacy of Time, which is Big Finish's multi-Doctor crossover episode being released this July to celebrate the 20th anniversary Include special video interludes and interviews with stars celebrating the legacy of the adventures in space and time. My YouTube is going to be up and running for that, for that whole time. I've listened to a lot of them, and uh, I really can't wait to hear the legacy of time. I love when they do these anniversary things. They did a 50th issue one, uh, 100th issue one, 100th story, special audios. They've done... Uh, I think they did a they did a 50 year anniversary one. They're doing their 20th anniversary one. I, I love this. This stuff is great, and we've got you know five actors that are still alive from the classic era. Awesome! I cannot wait to check this out. And of course, make sure you check out these show the links at the show notes here at sayproductions.com/sci-fi-watcher. All right, my friends, let's get into talking about the host. The host is a South Korean film that came out on July 27th, 2006, uh, directed by Bong Joon-ho. If I say that wrong, I'm sorry. He co-wrote this. I'm not going to say any of the names of the actors, but the reason this came to the table here, if you've been listening to the show, he did uh, Okja, which we talked about some weeks ago on the show. And I really liked it. And he also did Snowpiercer, which we haven't reviewed yet on the show. I haven't seen it personally. But it sounds like this guy has done a lot of films that have crossed over into mainstream Hollywood type of films. So Brian said, hey, check out The Host. Well, guess what? I checked out The Host. 119 minutes this film is. Well, let's start off with the, the thing that I always love to say is I love the fact that it's a South Korean film. So it's in Korean. So there's subtitles, obviously. Um, there's action, but unlike The Wandering Earth with the head subtitles also, you don't really miss it. You can read and then look what's on the screen. You're not missing either conversation or or the action on the screen. What can I say? First of all, as always, the, there's American actors. They speak English. So we don't have this weird, okay, you, you, speak, you speak Korean and we'll dub it in or whatever. And the fact that right away I was excited because Scott Wilson appeared at the beginning as a U.S. doctor. Of course, the bad guys are always the Americans. He, uh, of course, if you know, he he played uh, in tons of stuff. But of course, I'm talking about him playing in The Walking Dead, where he he played. Uh, oh, why can't I think of his name right now? He played Herschel. That's it. Played Herschel Green in, in The Walking Dead. So uh, got excited there. And of course, he's like telling his uh, his uh, subordinate, hey, these bottles of formaldehyde have dust on them. So instead of dusting them off, let's just pour them down the drain. Lots and lots of bottles. Of course, June 2002. And of course, you know what happens when you put chemicals in water. Something bad's going to happen. And uh, I love the way this creature looks. So basically, kind of like, let's call it like the, the, the mutations story where this normal creature becomes mutated into something else. We got the Godzilla type of stories is the best example of this. Um, one thing I noticed that the special effects were done in San Francisco, and you can kind of tell. Uh, they were very good. I saw a few things where I was like, mm, a little, it felt like it was a little put on there, but it wasn't really 
you know, matching it with the scene. It felt like it it, it was computerized. You could kind of tell. But I love the way this creature looked. It's kind of like a, a four-legged-ish creature. It kind of reminded me of those, those um, like Vincent Price, 1960s, uh, creature from the Black Lagoon type of look in the face. Um, the way it was designed was great. The way it moved. I loved how it hung from the underneath the bridges and it was doing um like somersaults and stuff up there like a high wire act i love that uh and i love that we got right into the action this film it's not like okay we got to build up oh strange things are happening no it's like okay you poured it down the drain fast forward look at that in the water you know and i love that whole scene the whole scene at the beginning where the creature comes out of the water and chases them and you have the camera moving with the creature and it was just that was to me was the best part of the whole film, the whole action scene. Trying to run away, the creatures killing people throughout it. You got the one father there who with the blonde highlights and the hair, he doesn't really care about his kid. He's kind of still trying to be a little kid like a kid, but he's he's got a daughter too. And it's, you know, it's one of those, you know, you, you're gonna grow up fast type of stories. Um But I love the fact that how he him and another guy, an American, was trying to help out and and the Americans speak in English, and of course, and you watch them fighting, things aren't working. And the one scene where where the guy, the main guy in the movie, grabs his daughter's hand, he's running, then he looks back, and it's not his kid. And just like, oh no. That was just like, oh, my heart just sunk. And then you see her get grabbed. And of course, that was a little, a little too um obvious in my opinion, because it's like, okay, she's gonna get grabbed, she's not gonna die. Not gonna kill a kid. It's just the way it goes. And um Basically, that's where we that's where the film starts off. It's like, all right, basically, this is a find find my daughter film. You know, throughout the film, we get the we get the whole government cover up. There's a virus out there. We need to disinfect the area. And and I was wondering, was there really a virus or were they making this up? It's like, because you know, the government, they do that government stuff. It's like, well, the government's really not there's no real virus out there. They're trying to make it up like a close encounters of the third kind type of thing is a is a great example. We watched that a while ago. But the uh, yeah, this was just this was just a fun film. The uh, I like the fact that the the girl was in like the sewer drain and she could hide in a hole, and the monster would keep bringing back dead bodies or un very unconscious bodies who who would die, and she was in a in a pit with dead people, which was kind of morbid, but it was kind of interesting to see it done that way. You know, trying to find cell phones, trying to somehow recontact because she couldn't get out. And some other kid got in there with her and it's like, and you, and you think there's a scene where you think that the monster, the creature has a conscience because there's a part where she's trying to escape and the creature just gingerly wraps its tail around her and lowers her down. Doesn't, doesn't turn around, doesn't attack her, doesn't hit and slam her against the wall. Just like, no, you're not leaving. Like it knows subconsciously she's a little kid. Um, there was one part where the creature was th throwing up skeletons, skulls, and arms, legs, and all just, it's like very, very disturbing. Not, not, not grotesque, just disturbing. The, uh, yeah, this whole Agent Yellow thing, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's a, an Asian type of reference that they, they use. And then the, the one scene where they run from the creature and they have the guns and they're shooting the guns and the father sits asks for a gun he's like how many shots are left one and the father's run he turns around and he shoots click and then you see the son 
counting on his finger and he's like, oh no. And I was like, oh. And I'm like, this one's gone. Yeah, and he was gone. It was just very emotional. And it, it seems like this was so much action, you kind of forget that dad's dead. Because we had this whole scene at the beginning with the, the, the girl at the memorial for the girl, and they're like, oh, emotional. And I love the sister was an, was an Olympiad in archery. So, of course, the, the, the archery part comes in handy in the film, which I'm like, that's a great idea. You know, I'm, I was thinking the whole time, I was thinking of Hawkeye with his bow and arrow from the Avengers. I'm like, that's a good idea, something a little different. So she's got a skill that she can use. It's not just let me run around and try to hit it or be the, the stereotypical young teenager or 20-something-year-old that just screams and stands in a corner and doesn't know what to do. It's like, ah. The uh, Yeah, it was just a lot of freaking action in this film. I really enjoyed it. And then and then the end, um, they, you know, how they defeat the creature was was great. I, I was just like, at first I'm like, oh, here's how it's going to go. And then all of a sudden it's like, they, they, they threw you off. I'm like, oh no. Oh no. I guess not. And then of course at the end, <clears throat> I'm not going to ruin it for you if you didn't see it, but <clears throat> it was a great way to, 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 to save the day. Obviously, I mean, I'm spoiling it. The girls, the little girl saved. And, uh, then it got a little, I, I kind of lost my, my head at the end there. The, the food stand which the family had owned the kid i guess i guess the one of the, the guy was still a little paranoid he had a gun he kept thinking he could see stuff out there like something else was going to come out of the water like almost like let's get ready for a sequel but nothing was there and then the little boy they found who sounded like he was an orphan because he had brothers but no brothers homes but no home very cryptic the way he talked so that was a little weird it's like okay let's eat and i'm like mm. huh Where's this? Where's the father-daughter moment here? That seems a little, a little, little weird. And I was like, okay, is there gonna be an after-credit scene? I'm like, there was nothing. I'm like, oh, okay. But I will tell you this much: I'm not gonna babble on much more about this. I liked it. This was a good film. Um, not an original story by any means. A lot of it was telegraphed and where it was going, but it was a fun ride. The special effects were good. A lot of action in it. With subtitles, I didn't miss out on the action or the or the the the, the dialogue. So I really enjoyed this film. This is a 2006 film. You should check it out. Um, like I said, he did Snowpiercer and he did Okja. And I enjoyed Okja. That was a different style of film. And this is just a fun ride. So definitely make sure you check out the host. That's it, my friends. Not bad. It's only a 20 minute episode and I, I've babbled on a little bit. It's kind of sorry. I'm not used to doing this show by myself here. I usually have Brian to bounce off of. But you know what? Brian will be back. I promise that. He'll be back tomorrow night. We talk about the latest episode of Final Space. I cannot wait. Loving it. Loving it. So make sure you check it out. Where where should you go? As always, everything is at saveproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher. At saveproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher. Check out all the stuff we did. We had Black Mirror last week. We had Final Space last week. We had Rick and Morty last week. Uh, we just got so much stuff. Next week, I am excited. A Clockwork Orange. Never watched it. Wanted to see it. This is a good reason to watch it. So next week, we are doing A Clockwork Orange. And of course, like I said, tomorrow night, Wednesday, the new Final Space episode. Thursday, we're going to go back and do the first four series of Black Mirror. And then Friday, continuing Rick and Morty. And that's all I've got for you tonight, my friends. Um, hope you all have a great one, and we will talk tomorrow.